Welcome back to Via the Source, where you can get news about the entire NFL and, of course, the Miami Dolphins. Fins up. Here's Steven, your host. What's up, guys? Today's date is September 8th. I'm Steven Masso. As always, you're listening to Via the Source. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be going over my preview of the game between the Miami Dolphins and the New England Patriots to get right into it. It's been an exciting offseason. It's had Dolphin fans across the world begging for a return to action. And now we can finally say that the NFL is back this week. We have a game later today, but we're going to be focusing on the Dolphins. Miami is scheduled to face off in their season opener against the New England Patriots. So, like the two previous seasons, the Dolphins will start the year against the Pats, but however, unlike 2020 and in 2021, this year, the Dolphins will be kicking it off at home. The Dolphins have defeated the Patriots in their past three matchups, which is a shift from the long-term success that the Patriots have had against the Dolphins. But in the final game last year in the 2021 season, the Dolphins defeated the Patriots by a score of 33-24. to So to take a look at this game kind of briefly, the numbers, if you looked at that, would signify that there was a ton of offense for Miami, but it really was the defense that left a mark on this game. This was a game where Xavier Howard had a pick six. Uh, both Jalen Phillips and Sam Eguavon had fumble recoveries, and Mac Jones in that game finished with a QBR of just 12.7. Offensively in that game for the Dolphins, it was something that was kind of uncharacteristic of the team because the running game in this one was wildly successful, something that we could not say a lot for the Dolphins in 2021. They finished that game 195 yards on the ground, and Tua only had to throw for 109 yards in this game. So now we must look forward to this 2022 season and how things have changed for the Dolphins. There are a few new uh, faces to mention. And the first one that I want to talk about is going to be Tyreek Hill. The guy is an absolute monster. He is the type of downfield threat that Miami has coveted for years. And last year, he accounted for 36% of the Chiefs air yards. And that will be brought to a team that has desperately needed that. Now, last year, Tua had the third shortest average intended air yards per pass, which meant that he wasn't throwing the ball deep down the field. Those numbers were ahead of only Jared Goff and Ben Roethlisberger. So for the most part, Everyone knows what Tyreek Hill is bringing to this team, but Hill's unique skill set has also translated to success against the New England Patriots in the regular season. Against the Patriots, Tyreek Hill is averaging 100 yards per game and has recorded five touchdown receptions in only four matchups. The one time where the Pats were able to shut him down, back in the playoffs in 2019, he had one catch, and that was by putting an extreme level of focus Focus on him. Now, unfortunately for Patriot fans and fortunately for Dolphin fans, Tyreek Hill isn't the only weapon on this Dolphins offense. Receiver Jalen Waddle will be heavily incorporated if he is healthy enough to play. He is currently listed as questionable. Now, to talk about Jalen Waddle, he is in his second year. He set the NFL record for receptions in a season by a rookie with 104 last year. Though his average depth of target, 7.1, it left a ton to be desired in terms of production. It's hard to imagine a scenario where Tyreek Hill's presence alone doesn't open up 
a ton of room for Jalen Waddle to work with. The Dolphins lost Devontae Parker, who we will talk about briefly on the other side of the ball, but they added another dynamic weapon in Cedric Wilson Jr., who was previously with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, he was a bit of a boom or bust player. He had two games with over 100 yards, including last year's season finale against the Eagles. He had 119 yards and two touchdowns. He has that big play potential, but personally, I think his role with the team will deal more with his reliability and kind of acting as a safety valve for Tua. Um, that's just how I expect him to be used. And then, of course, the Dolphins still have their tight end, Mike Gesicki, who as a receiver is a bit of a mismatch nightmare. However, there were reports during the offseason that were circulating that the team's new scheme under Mike McDaniel prefers to use him as a blocker. So with that being Mike Gesicki's biggest weakness, there were rumors circulating that he was no longer a fit to the team. So that is left to be seen, but he will begin the season against a team that has historically given him a ton of problems. Last year, Mike Gesicki against the Patriots, he finished with five targets, two catches, and 22 yards against the Pats in those two matchups. So again, Mike Gesicki has not fared well against the New England Patriots. Now, the Dolphins' offensive line was atrocious last year. As a result, Tua Tungavailoa had the third shortest time to throw in football with 2.52 seconds, and the Dolphins finished 30th in rushing yards in the entire NFL and 31st in yards per carry. The Dolphins made some adjustments to this unit, including the addition of Teron Armstead, which would be a significant bolster to this unit. And on top of that, the Dolphins added dynamic weapons in the running game, guys like Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds. Now, again, this is no exaggeration when discussing Raheem Mostert. He is a top back in the NFL when he is healthy. The only issue is whether he could stay on the field. Mostert, in 2020, he was the fastest ball carrier in all of football. He not only had the fastest play, but he also had the second fastest play. Mostert topped out at a speed of 23 miles per hour in 2020, a speed that no uh, ball carrier reached in 2021. So it's been suggested that Mostert will have more of a role than expected, and given his experience with Mike McDaniel, I think Mostert could end up seeing the bulk of the work if he starts off hot. On top of that, with New England being in the bottom quarter of rush yards allowed and yards per carry allowed back in 2021, it's possible the Dolphins find success early with Mostert in the running game in this one. The Dolphins, again, also have Chase Edmonds, who is one of the more dynamic backs in football. He's electric, he's hard to get on the ground, and with Tua loving to dish balls around the line of scrimmage, there's a good chance that he sees around five targets a game in this offense. That's entirely possible. Now, as we look on to the defensive side of the ball here for Miami, now, personnel-wise, not too much has changed for the Dolphins. Coaching-wise, though, losing Brian Flores, who commanded that defense, could be huge. The Dolphins did retain uh, Josh Boyer, the defensive coordinator. He's expected to keep main, uh, many of the same elements from last year, but whether there is a drop-off in quality is left to be seen. The Dolphins have a young core group of guys here who could make a leap into that elite category this season. A guy that you've probably heard me mention a ton so far throughout the preseason is Jalen Phillips, who has looked unstoppable. He had 8.5 sacks last year. Uh, he would That was a 
the second most by a rookie trailing only Micah Parsons. So him reaching the double digits this year seems likely. The Dolphins had the second highest blitz percentage in all of football. They had the most quarterback knockdowns last year as well. So expecting there to be a ton of pressure just generally from this defensive front and those unique blitzes also seems fairly likely. Uh, Dolphins safety Javon Holland already seems to be becoming one of the leaders of this team. Many people will mention his poor stats in pass coverage, but his big play potential and high motor have many people on the lookout for him to make a huge leap into that elite category. Now, as we look to the other side of the ball here with the New England Patriots, the Patriots offensively are going to be led by quarterback Mac Jones. Uh, Jones was about as efficient as you could want from a rookie quarterback, and even though he was baby to some degree, Jones displayed enough poise, enough comfort that I think it should warrant some praise. He finished the season 13th in the NFL in passing yards, and he had a respectable 22 uh, passing touchdowns and 13 interceptions. So even though us Dolphin fans love to mock how much was requested from Mac Jones with a lot of us saying that he didn't have to do anything, he did in fact end up finishing last year in the top quarter of air yards per pass attempt and had more completed air yards per completion than Tua Tungavailoa. So I know a lot of us love to say that Mac Jones didn't have to do anything, that he was just dishing it around the line of scrimmage. According to NFL's Next Gen stats, not only was he attempting farther passes on average down the field, but he was also completing farther passes than Tua was last year. Now, the Patriots, though, did try to ease the pressure off of Jones by running the ball a ton. They finished in the NFL with the eighth most rush attempts in the league. In large part, this meant a ton of work for running back Damian Harris. Harris finished in the top 10 in rushing yards last season, and he had the fifth most rushes of 20 plus yards among running backs. He also had a ton of work in the red zone. His 15 rushing touchdowns were the second most in all of football. Now, it isn't just Damian Harris who is going to be handling the running game for the Patriots. Ramondre Stevenson, who was a preseason hero in his rookie year, also began seeing a heavy dose of usage towards the middle portion of the year. Stevenson would end up finishing the year with a respectable 606 yards on the ground, averaging 4.6 yards per carry. Now, if you play fantasy football, you're probably already well aware the Patriots have a historic level of unpredictability when it comes to their running back. So either one of these guys could end up dominating the carries for New England, and they will likely be riding the hot hand if whoever starts off the game uh, doing really well. The Patriots receiver unit is improved, but frankly, if you're asking me, it's not improved enough to place them as above average by any sort of metric. Many people have been regarding Jacoby Myers as the team's primary receiver after he was kind of the focal point of the passing game now for the past few years, but I personally believe that newly acquired Devontae Parker will solidify himself as the primary receiver for this team. So while many people in the Dolphin fan base, I agree, would rather sit back and ridicule Devontae Parker for some of his shortcomings with the Dolphins, I think it's important that we reflect on some of the positives that he left on the field when he was healthy for the team. Throughout his career with the Dolphins, we've seen Devontae Parker reel in some of these acrobatic catches, the more acrobatic catches that we've seen in recent years. He's been able to utilize that massive six 
foot, three inch frame to come down with these amazing contested catches along the sidelines pretty effectively. He's also been surprisingly elusive in the middle of the field where he's been able to rake in sneaky amounts of yards on these slant routes. But with that being said, uh, do I expect him to replicate his 1,200 yard season from 2019? Not necessarily, but in this game in particular, he's the Patriots receiver, I think, who is the most imposing in terms terms of their athletic ability and frankly the only one that I'm truly really worried about in this game. It's also important to note that Devontae Parker has struggled severely over the past couple years when it comes to getting separation. That is not going to be any easier for this one as he is likely going to be faced off against Xavier Howard. Other guys to watch out for in this uh, Patriots receiver unit, I mentioned Jacoby Myers there, probably the more technically sound of the receivers in this group here. Uh, you have Hunter Henry who is always a threat, especially in the red zone with his bigger frame and ability to uh, really come down with some of these more contested catches. And then Kedrick Bourne, who is one of those players that could end up having a sneaky game, but it's a very hit or miss situation with him, very much like Cedric Wilson. I wouldn't be surprised if Kendrick Bourne only has two catches in this game, but he is one of those guys that if you don't take him into account, those two catches that he has could end up being costly ones. As we move on, to the defensive side of the ball here for the Patriots. Their secondary lost a cornerstone of the team in J.C. Jackson. Jackson was an interception machine. He recorded 17 interceptions in the past two seasons. So thank God J.C. Jackson is not in the AFC East anymore. So without Jackson, the Patriots secondary will now consist of Jalen Mills, Kyler Duggar, Jabril Preppers, Adrian Phillips, Devin McCourty, and Jonathan Jones. Now, it's important to note here, last year, the Patriots defense struggled mightily against the run, but they did do pretty good against the pass. They had the second lowest completion percentage in football, the second lowest yards per attempt, the second fewest passing total yards. And again, you could chalk this up to just teams were having so much success against them. The second most rush attempts against any team was against the Patriots. So maybe they just weren't throwing the ball much at all, but they did do pretty good when it came to stopping some of these passes. Uh, Matthew Judon, the linebacker for the Patriots, remains a force on this team. He finished seventh in the NFL in sacks last year. That was tied with Aaron Donald. Uh, so while Miami got a significant upgrade on one side with Teron Armstead, Austin Jackson on the opposite end over there at the right tackle position, he will have to hold up pretty well considering that he is likely going to be facing Matthew Judon on several occasions. Now, in classic Bill Belichick, type fashion. The linebacker group here for Miami on paper isn't really that menacing, but they have a handful of these hard-nosed players, guys like Jawan Bentley, guys like Mac Wilson. However, it's also important to note the team lost a guy who was terrific in pass coverage at the linebacker position, that being former Dolphin Kyle Van Noy, always been very dependable in that aspect, so expecting there to be a drop-off here. Maybe this will open up things for Mike Isicki. Maybe this will open up things for guys like Chase Ed in open space. All of that is left to be seen. But I think the major thing to kind of look at here is that the Patriots really struggle with stopping the run. And I don't think they necessarily did anything when it comes to improving in that aspect. So to get into some of my expectations for this game, the first one that I have here is I think Dolphins running back Raheem Mostert is going to lead the way for Miami's ground game. Now, this is partially kind of a gut feeling that I have, but I think Mostert's previous experience with 
Mike McDaniel is going to give him an early edge. I think McDaniel finds unique ways to get his backs in space, and I think they will ride the hot hand with Mostert in this one. So I'm expecting Raheem Mostert in this one to have over 10 carries and over 60 yards rushing, while Edmonds is going to be, uh, you know, incorporated in there as well as more of the receiving back. My next expectation, I think the Patriots running backs are going to have over 100 yards, those being uh, uh, Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris. I believe the Dolphins' biggest glaring weakness defensively is their linebacker group. I think Bill Belichick will try to test this group early on and stick with last year's formula, and I expect this to be fairly successful approach for the Patriots to take until Miami is able to put some points on the board and to change the pace of the game. However, while the game remains slow, I think that means that we'll see a heavy dose of this New England rushing attack. Uh, the next expectation that I have here is that we see a big game from a receiver who is not named Tyreek Hill for the Dolphins. And I say that not as a slight against Tyreek Hill, but I think the brunt of the focus will be on him early on. So while Cedric Wilson isn't necessarily a proven receiver in this league and Jalen Waddell is still very much a young face, I think Bill Belichick will force Miami's hand in their direction. So with that being said, neither of these two players are slouches and they should have some decent opportunities. I think either Jalen Waddell or Cedric Wilson will finish with over 65 yards in this game. Now, to get into my keys to the victory, the first key to the victory I have here is to force the New England Patriots to throw the ball. So last year, Mac Jones wasn't required to put the team on his back in many instances. It's not known how much the Pats will expect from him this upcoming year, but regardless, it's important that the Dolphins force him to beat them, allowing him to do the bare minimum while Ramondre Stevenson or Damian Harris gashed the defense would be unacceptable in this one. So force Mac Jones to air it out to a below average group of receivers. My next key key to the victory here is to utilize your weapons offensively. And I know this sounds pretty obvious, but the Dolphins have some dynamic weapons offensively. They had them last year and they were not used to their fullest abilities. I talked about Jalen Waddell, who was used almost exclusively around the line of scrimmage. Mike Gesicki was a ghost in several games. Now with Tyreek Hill, the Dolphins can't afford to be sitting on all of these weapons without taking some actual chances down the field. So go out there look like a functional offense, be aggressive, and use the speed that these guys have how it's intended. My last key to the victory here for the Dolphins is that Tua needs to play mistake-free football. I say that because limiting turnovers is always a key to success, but in this one, I'm not necessarily worried about the skilled position guys fumbling balls away. However, in practice, we saw some gems from Tua, but at the same time, we saw some passes that left you scratching your head. Throughout his career so far in the NFL, we've seen Tua countless times just do some of these clueless type of plays. And even though towards the end of last year, he did a good job at reducing those typical one or two just absolute bonehead plays, it hasn't been enough for me to say that this element of his game has been completely removed or eradicated. Hopefully that is not the case, but I'm not completely forgetting about just those classic one or two plays from Tua that just left you wondering what kind of pass was that or who were you looking at. So in this one, I just think Tua needs to play mistake-free football. So guys, 
that is how I'm going to wrap up our first preview piece of the season. Any topics, questions, things that you would like for me to discuss in a future episode, as always, you can reach out to me on Twitter. That is at ShadySteven and at via the source. If you like the episode, please leave a review. It would mean a lot if you could share it on Twitter or drop a retweet or a like. Those also go a huge way and I greatly appreciate it. Hopefully you guys have been having a good off season and I'm uh, excited to get back to interacting with you guys about the Dolphins. I'm very excited excited about this offense in particular for the team. But guys, that is how I'm going to wrap it up. Until next time, I'm Steven Masso, and this was Via the Source.